Hey everybody, hello, this is John Finn. Welcome, this is Church Without Walls International, C-W-O-W-I.org. And we are a worldwide house church network, and our heart is discipleship, the process of discipleship, the lifelong process of implementing the teachings of the Lord and our walk with Him into our daily lives. So visit our website, cwowi.org. There you can sign up for our next Zoom meeting, which is, uh, as I'm recording this in the middle of September of 2020, is uh, next Thursday night, basically for U.S. North American uh, time zones. We'll do more in October for European and, and other time zones that are more convenient. Also, um, what else is coming up? Ah, well, we're having our conference in, in October uh, 8 through 11 in Tulsa, so the deadline is approaching for that. Anyway, lots of stuff to find there on our website. Today, though, I'm, I'm just excited. There are some things happening, and, and this is more by permission than, than uh, by direct uh, command, but it was one of those things like, Father, can I, can I talk about this? Can I talk about this? Because we're coming up to Rosh Hashanah of 2020, Rosh Hashanah. And, uh, and, and so I'm sharing about um, the how it's a type and a picture of the rapture. And so I want to run that down in order because, you know, there's so many people, people were upset with me because they were convinced that Jesus was going to happen or the return was going to happen or the rapture was going to happen in May of this year. And and I've had people email me, you know, we're already in the, the tribulation, you know, one of the seals or two of the seals or three of the seals have been broken, stuff like that. And it's like, hey, let's do this. Let's go back and see what Paul actually believed, what Jesus actually taught and what believed. What was the cultural context of Judaism in the first century? If we understand that, then we can understand what Paul was talking about as he wrote. So let's go back to the beginning for a minute here and understand there are seven festivals that God gave Moses in Leviticus 23. The first four were fulfilled on their day, the spring in the Northern Hemisphere, which was unleavened bread, which is a type of the the, uh, sinless sacrifice of Jesus. Passover, which was his blood uh, uh, being shed for us, passing over us. But as 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21 says, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not charging their sins to them, but putting it all on Jesus. And then there is the uh, the Feast of First Fruits. And that is uh, by Leviticus 23, it says to be held on the Sunday after the Passover or uh, the Passover and unleavened bread ceremonial Sabbaths. And so Jesus was resurrected on the first fruits. He is the firstborn from the dead, the first fruits of the earth. Fifty days later is Pentecost, which was God giving his word out of Mount Sinai. And the rabbis teach that at that time, God's spirit went out through all of mankind into the 70 known languages or main languages of the earth at that time and and gave them the the revelation that is wrong to murder, wrong to steal, wrong to lust, etc., etc. And uh, and so the the Feast of Pentecost uh, was perfectly fulfilled on its day. All four of the spring ones were fulfilled on their day. Unleavened bread, Passover, first fruits, and Pentecost. And so that leaves the three in the fall, which are Rosh Hashanah, also the feast, which is called the Feast of Trumpets, and then Yom Kippur and Tabernacles. And we know that Tabernacles will be fulfilled on its day because Zechariah chapter 14 tells us that, Ze- that Tabernacles, which celebrates God living with man, tells us that it will be celebrated every year during the millennium as Jesus is ruling and reigning on the earth from from Jerusalem at that time. So we know that five out of the seven are either have been or will be fulfilled on their day. That only leaves Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. 
Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement, and it answers to it's a type and picture of the coming of Messiah, who will who will gather the nations before him and 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 show his atonement for their sin, but also hold them accountable. And that's what the Day of Atonement is all about: being accountable for one's sins, one's actions, and come before God. So we are about to enter into. Rosh Hashanah, which always occurs at the new moon. Now, Rosh Hashanah means literally the head of the year. It is the civil new year, the civil calendar for the new year. The ceremonial new year is during Passover week, uh, but the but the calendar year is Rosh Hashanah. Happens this time of year. It all it means the head of the year. It is also called the Feast of Trumpets because God said this will be a blowing of trumpets. Now, what trumpets are there that are blown? Uh, if you go back to ancient um, graves that are found in Israel, you'll find shofars, that is ram's horns, engraved on their graves. And the reason for that is this, I'm about to tell you this. Um, in, um, let me go here. Oh, first, it's it's the only one during the new moon, and I'll, I'll bring that out. Uh, the other's a full moon. This one occurs during the new moon when the moon is hidden. In fact, it's called the Day of Concealment. Uh, in, in Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, it's called the Day of Concealment. It's also called the Day of Judgment. Uh, it's also called the Day of the King, uh, ha, ha Melech, which is M-E-L-E-C-H. It's all about the King. And, um, it's, it's also, uh, anyway, <laughs> people tell me, slow down. I try to pack this in here, you know, but I get so excited. All right. Rosh Hashanah. According to, if you go to Herman Kievel's High Holy Days, his 1959 book, he tells us this. The left horn of the ram that was caught in the thicket during when Abraham offered Isaac was blown on Mount Sinai when God gave uh, his word to Moses. He says in the right-hand horn, uh, the right-hand horn of the ram's, uh, ram's horn that was caught when I, Abraham offered Isaac, in Genesis 22, the right-hand horn is called the last trumpet, and it is to be blown at the Feast of Trumpets to awaken the righteous dead. All right, that's from uh, Herman Kievel's uh, 1959 book, The High Holy Days. Uh, in the in the authorized uh, Hertz uh, authorized daily prayer book by Hertz, he says this: "It is the sound of the great shofar, the last trumpet." Uh, that will tear open the graves and allow the dead to rise. The messianic hope, resurrection, and immortality of the soul are intertwined with the message of the shofar. So at the Feast of Trumpets, at Rosh Hashanah, the, the last trumpet is blown. It's the, the first trumpet and the last trumpet. And the last trumpet is a specific one. It's amazing to me how when Christians read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 55, and they read about the last trumpet blowing, they don't understand the Jewish significance of the term that Paul is using. In fact, in Judaism, because they believe that the great shofar, the, or, or excuse me, the last trumpet will, will cause the righteous dead in Messiah to rise, that is taught. You know, the Corinthian church, we're told in, in Acts chapter 18, was, was part Jewish, part Roman, part Greek, but largely Jewish. So they understood these things. I mean, the things that I'm telling you right now were understood by Paul in his day, understood by Jesus in his day, that the blowing of that last trumpet, the last trump, will awaken the the righteous dead in in Messiah. That was not new information. If you read 1 Corinthians 15, it after Paul shares that that this mortal must put on immortality, that this earthly must put on the celestial. After he shares that, he says, "Now behold, I share with you a mystery." 
And here's the mystery, that we who are alive to witness that will also be transformed, will also be changed in the blink of an eye at the sounding of the last trump, and we will join our brothers and sisters who've gone before us in death. That is the revelation. That's Paul's revelation there that the people who are alive at the time will also be changed. The fact that people would be changed at the last trump is it was not new information to any of them. The new revelation was those who are alive to see that will also be changed at the last trumpet. Now, let me move on. Why was this, wow, I've already taken up eight minutes. Why was this done at the new moon? Because the new moon, the day of concealment in Judaism, the sun represents God and the moon represents believers. The moon was made to rule the night. So our believers made to rule the night. The moon has no light of its own. It just receives the glory from the sun. That's all part of Judaism. And so that's why Paul writes, in Colossians 2, 14 through 17, he talks about Jesus who took, who had the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, and he took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Then he rose from the dead, making a show of the principalities and powers openly, triumphing over them in it. And he goes on to say in verses 16 and 17, therefore do not let anybody body bother you about what you eat or drink or, or the day you worship on the Sabbath days or the new moon, which is a shadow of something to come. Paul said the new moon is a shadow of something to come. There to the Colossians, they understood this. When they're reading this, they understand the new moon is a shadow of something to come. Why? Because the blast from the last trumpet is going to happen at the new moon. It is the day of concealment. When in Judaism, they teach the righteous dead are raised and concealed with Messiah, and it is their judgment day. In fact, Rosh Hashanah is the day of judgment. It, it is the last 10 days of teshuva. It's the last 10 days of repentance. It is the high holy days uh, that starts Rosh Hashanah. And you know what? There are seven days between the end of Rosh Hashanah and the beginning of Yom Kippur. Seven days or seven years prophetically. In fact, this year, I wrote it down, Rosh Hashanah starts on Friday night, the 18th of September, and it ends Sunday night, the 20th. And then you have the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, and then Yom Kippur is Sunday, the 27th. You have seven days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. The days of concealment are when the believers are caught up to Messiah to be concealed during the time of the new moon. And on earth, the rabbis teach that the earth goes through the days of wrath, also called the days of awe, while the believers are, are experiencing the judgment seat of Christ and then celebrating with a marriage feast where they crown the, the, the Messiah as their king. That's all taking place in heaven. But on earth, the rabbis teach that during this time, during these, these seven days between the end of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, these are called the days of all, the days of wrath, the days of Jacob's trouble. And in that time, God divides the earth into three types of people, the completely wicked, the completely righteous, because there are people who will get saved during uh, after the, the rapture, and the largest group are the intermediates. The intermediates have until Yom Kippur to decide which direction they're going to go. And it's during this time that much of the book of Revelation happens, the double asteroid hit, uh, the, the persecution, the war, different stuff that goes on. So um, this is Yom Hadim, the day of judgment, when we receive, in that day, when that last trumpet sounds, the, the dead in Christ will rise and we will be judged before the judgment seat of Christ following immediately the marriage supper of the Lamb where we crown him to be king because Rosh Hashanah is all about the king. Uh, so there's those two elements. There's what happens in heaven and what happens on earth. 
Oh, there's so much more. Hey, you know what? Um, oh boy. First Thessalonians 1.10, when Paul says God has delivered us from the wrath to come, people reading that don't understand that when he says the wrath, that terminology is talking specifically about the days between Rosh Hashanah, uh, when the believers are raptured out, and Yom Kippur uh, at the return of Christ. And so when you read 1 Thessalonians 1.10, you read over that, it says God has delivered us from the wrath to come. That's not for us. We just read it as the wrath because we're not educated in first century Judaism. But if you were Jewish and you read that at the time, you understand, oh, he's talking about the days of all, the days of Jacob's trouble. We've been delivered out of that. Anyway, I could go on and on. You know, I've got series on this. You can go to our website, cwowi.org, if you want to know more, because I've got different series on Rosh Hashanah on the last days and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm going through my notes here. There's so much here that happens at Rosh Hashanah when those believers are, are raptured out of the last trumpet. Can you see that last trumpet has always been associated with resurrection ever since Abraham was stopped from offering Isaac and he offered that ram instead. What an amazing thing. That's the blowing of the shofar. But it's also our judgment. Uh, it's the court, It's the crowning of the king. It's the marriage supper of the lamb. All going on in heaven while the earth goes through the days of wrath, the days of all, the times of day, Jacob's trouble. I want to go on the first load. <laughs> and you know what? You can. Uh, I also want to share with you, uh, you know, October, there's something historic going on with the peace treaties with Bahrain and UAE and uh, Kosovo and Saudi Arabia and different things like that. October 3rd in my weekly thoughts, I'm going to start a series about how these prophetic things are fulfilled uh, that are mentioned in the classical understanding of Ezekiel 38. So there's a lot. I'm sorry, I'm just rambling on here, but I'm just excited. I hope you'll you'll join us. You've got to realize, folks, that our relationships matter and we're each just one heartbeat away from heaven. You know, so yay, rah, praise God for Rosh Hashanah. I hope in a future Rosh Hashanah, the last trumpet blows. I mean, I'd love for it to happen Friday, but since the Lord's already talked to me about some prophetic things through the year 2024, I don't think it's this year, but uh, it could be. <laughs> but, but you know, I just keep in mind that we're all one heartbeat away from, from heaven. And so I, I live as if he's coming today. And uh, anyway, hope you'll join us. Sorry for rambling on now, 15 minutes almost. But these are the important things to understand. The new moon is a shadow of something to come. Oh, I was going to share with you too. Paul not only shared in 1 Corinthians 15 about the last trumpet and added his new revelation that those that are alive will be changed along with the Jewish teaching that, that the last trumpet will resurrect the righteous uh, in Messiah. But and, and not only did I share with you Colossians 2, 16, 17, where he talks about the new moon is a shadow of something to come along with the Sabbath rest that the earth will, will have and all that stuff, it's prophetic. But also that Paul paraphrases the temple prayer that is prayed during this time in Rosh Hashanah. The temple prayer starts out like this. I, I wrote it down here. Where is it? Okay, here it says, uh, this is the part how the temple prayer uh, comes starts out. It says this, Awake you sleepers from your sleep, arise from your sleep. That is death. It's talking about death. This is what's prayed during Rosh Hashanah, during the Feast of Trumpets which it starts Friday night uh, by, by our timing here. Awake, you sleepers, from your sleep. Arise from your sleep. Arise from the dead. Remember your creator. Look to your ways. Improve your lives. Look to your souls and forsake evil. Paul paraphrased that when he wrote to the Ephesians. So he's bringing all this teaching uh, about a pre-tribulation rapture to mind, not only to the Corinthians, not only to the Colossians, but here in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 through 17, Paul paraphrases that exact Phrase, he says that exact prayer in the temple during Rosh Hashanah. Paul writes this, therefore it says, or he says, and he's talking about the it, meaning the temple prayer. 
Awake, you who sleep. Rise from the dead. Messiah will give you light. See that you walk wisely, not as fools, redeeming the time for the days are evil. That's a paraphrase of the, of the temple prayer prayed during Rosh Hashanah. We read Ephesians 5, 14 through 17. We have no idea the Jewish first century roots of what Paul's alluding to. He's talking about the rapture. He's talking about a rise from the dead, you who slumber. He's talking about the temple prayer prayed at the last trump, celebrating the last trump. So we have it in Corinthians, we have it in Colossians, we have it in Ephesians, we have First and Second Thessalonians, that God has spared us from the wrath to come, the, the days of, of Jacob's trouble, the days of all, when, when mankind is preparing for the Day of Atonement, when Messiah will demand accountability for their lives. Oh my, I've gone on. Hey, you've got a rewind button. You can always play it back. God bless you. I hope this, is, this helps. New subject next week. All right, bye-bye.